an ancient evil awakens, forcing a peaceful and prosperous nation into a life of servitude and despair. This world has only one chance of survival, a young boy who must train in the ways of a warrior, stay disciplined, and keep a sharp mind. Can this boy grow into the man he needs to be to defeat an all-powerful demon and prevent it from total global domination? The first episode in a new podcast series starts now. This is Gotta Recap. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Gotta Recap, a Samurai Jack rewatch podcast. Uh, We are so excited to be here and very thankful for you to be listening. No matter where you are, no matter when you're listening to this, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Montagani. I'm joined by our other co-host, Brendan Riley. Brendan? Hello, I'm here. I'm very excited. I am so excited to get into this here. Uh, we have been talking about doing this podcast for a while now. Um, I've just been jonesing to like watch this show. I am I am super ready to go. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I was very excited to finally get to watch it after however many weeks of preparing. I've had the box set sitting on my shelf, just staring at me. Aku's big face. <laughs> it's been hard to sort of know that we were going to do this and restrain myself from watching the show at all and and even in our discussions it's just ended with a lot of us saying to each other oh man i'm so excited oh yeah i'm super excited so yeah we are here to talk about samurai jack uh, the classic cartoon network series that debuted in 2001 uh, created by gendy tartakovsky legendary animator Uh, other credits include you know dexter's lab a great show one of my favorites growing up uh, worked on Powerpuff Girls, another great Cartoon Network show. The Star Wars Clone Wars series, which I have actually never personally seen. I watched a bit of it. Um, a friend of mine's a huge fan of it, and I guess it's on Disney Plus now, so I'll probably check it out. But well, yeah, as of this recording, it's I think it just got added to Disney Plus yesterday. Oh, really? um, yeah, I have never seen any of it outside of a short clip of uh, Mace Windu just kind of fucking up a bunch of robots in a very Samurai Jack yep. way. I think I know that scene. So if they can make Mace Windu legitimately cool, I think that the show probably has a chance. And then also, interestingly, the Hotel Transylvania movies were directed by Tartakovsky. Um, I have not seen any of those movies. Have you seen any of those? I have not, but I did not know that either, and I think that's pretty interesting. (laughs) I've heard they're okay. Yeah, uh, I watched... The the new um, Adams Family and everybody online seems to want to be like just watch Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> it's like oh is it is it like <laughs> is that the the what's the word like the epitome of these kind of movies? I have heard that it's all right. Um, I think at a certain point in life, I kind of reached. I, I drew a line in the sand with Adam Sandler movies where I'm just not going to watch it unless I hear from credible sources that it is legitimately <clears throat> good. Um, because I've heard from a lot of uncredible sources, oh, you got to watch this Adam Sandler flick. And it's almost always a dud. Yeah. 
not to spend you know too much time here crapping on Adam Sandler, but love the guy from he's from my hometown. Yeah, so you know you've got to have a little reverence <laughs> reverence for the man. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated. <laughs> we'll have him on the show to uh, pay for his other film <laughs> sins. I just I just want to go back a second though. I didn't say Adam Sandler. Is <laughs> I said the Adam's family. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. okay. <laughs> I was like, how did we get into this Adam Sandler rant? <laughs> you just threw me for a huge loop because I'm realizing now what it sounds like I did. Yeah. Um, Adam, I forgive you. As long as you forgive oh, me. I do. Uh, Adam, Adam Sandler is the star of the Hotel Transylvania Oh, okay. Films. I'm with you now. Connecting the dots. Here we go. <laughs> this <is> quality. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're here, um, Samurai Jack, uh, yeah, it debuted in 2001, um, I was a young man at the time, as were you, but why don't you, I, I'm interested to hear sort of your personal history, sort of with cartoons in general, sort of around that time, and, and what was what was young Brendan into around 2001, and it doesn't have to be limited to Cartoon Network, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's hard to remember exactly what I was watching at the time, um, but I would say it was probably a lot of, like, Dragon Ball Z on Toonami after school. Uh, I would wake up early in the morning to watch Zoids. Um, Chaotic Century, I think, was the season, because it had giant robots, and I thought that was really cool. I think this was probably around the time that, like, what, like, Jimmy Neutron and, and like, Invader Zim and, and all that were happening, so I probably would have been watching That sounds about right. Uh, but earlier than that, I was like huge into Kablam. was was big for me. Um, I watched some Powerpuff Girls. Uh, I was a huge fan of Dexter's Lab. So when I saw Samurai Jack, I was like, "Hey, Professor X, I know that guy. Let's let's give it a shot." Yeah, I sort of a similar history. Um, I my early Cartoon Network shows. I I feel like I have a lot more reverence for like those earlier '90s ones. Like, I watched a lot of Johnny Bravo. I watched a lot of uh, definitely Dexter's Lab, um, but also, like, the weird ones, like Cow and Chicken and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was not a fan <laughs> of Cow and Chicken. <laughs> I don't think I was either. I think I was just watching it because it was mm-hmm. on. But I I feel like I have a lot more – Not, I don't know if I hold those – shows in higher esteem, but I feel like I have more memories of watching those older shows sort of than I do the later period Cartoon Network. There was kind of a dividing line around the time that Ed, Ed, and Eddie came out um, because I did watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie a decent amount. Um, actually, probably a lot. But yeah, I think I've seen every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have probably seen many more than I think that I actually have seen. Um, but it kind of was a dividing line for me at that point because I had some friends or people that I was in school with that were very into Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And those were always kind of like the weird kids in school. <laughs> so I would say to myself, well, I'm not one of the weird kids, so I'm not going to get <laughs> too invested in the show. Um Looking back on it, I definitely was one of the weird kids, but not for the reason of watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie. There were oh, many that other reasons that continue out. to this day. You got the you got the title, but without all the fun that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do remember watching some of Samurai Jack, but the other shows I've got a list here for you of other Cartoon Network shows that debuted around 
2001. Okay. Um, that does include Ed, Ed and Eddie, um, but it also includes Grim and Evil and also the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I loved Grim and Evil. Um, well, I, I liked Grim more than I liked Evil Con Carne. Um, I th- As everyone Yeah, did. which is why Grim got a show in Evil. Actually, you know what? I think there was an Evil spinoff show. There is an evil spinoff show that debuted in 2003. I don't think it lasted as long, though, from what I remember. No, it doesn't. It looks like it only lasted a few months. Um, whereas, yeah, the Billy and Mandy show, did that That did have some success. Yeah. I remember that being uh, on I, I loved the Billy and Mandy show. I thought that was very funny. I loved, uh, who, what was the guy? Um, Haas Delgado. I remember that specifically. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, it's another one of those shows that, like, I feel like I watched, but I don't it might have just been because it was on um i don't i a, around this time i was kind of i became more of like a nickelodeon <laughs> kid like spongebob uh fairly odd parents even like cat dog <laughs> oh yeah that's um, a great one you know th- those shows hold a much bigger place in my heart than any of these other shows because i've got other ones here for you including the star wars clone wars which again i had never seen um but the only other one here that really stands out to me is codename kids next door I feel like I remember them trying to make that into a bigger thing than it ever was, but maybe that was just me not being as into I think, it as other I people I think were. that was pretty big. Um, it went on for a few seasons, if I remember correctly. Uh, that that was yeah, part no, of it, the – Cartoon Network used to do this thing, I think it was in the summer, where they would get just a bunch of pilots and they would play them in blocks and then whichever one's got the best ratings would get picked up as like a full show. Uh, and that's how we got like Kids Next Door, uh, Whatever Happened to Robot Jones – Sheep in the City, I think, was one of those too. But yeah, I was I was big into Kids Next Door. I thought that was a pretty fun children, like kind of like Rugrats, where it was like mostly pretend, uh, just children playing spies. I thought it was very interesting. It definitely was a fun show, and they made like video games out of it and stuff. Um, for some reason, in my mind, I feel like Codename Kids Next Door is like the proto Splatoon for me. Like I feel like. For some reason, like the character designs and like the weapons that they used, kind of in my memory, are like an original Splatoony kind of. I can kind of see that because it's all like found objects that kids would just put together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Not to spend too much time talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is a kids next door podcast but... now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is relevant, you know. This is what was going on at the time, um, which makes Samurai Jack um, even that much more interesting. Uh, because I just recall at the time, you know, I was I was into these very kind of the, the, the Nickelodeon, like I said, the Nickelodeon shows that everyone was into. But Samurai Jack came around and, of course, it started with – it started in August 2001 with a three-part episode. Mm-hmm. At the time, I remember thinking it was just going to be that. Uh, I was like, it's this right. movie. Uh, and it was very, very cool. Yeah, it did debut as like a TV movie. Um it was just the first three episodes put together into, you know, one longer sort of movie. But uh, I, I I remember watching – I don't – so this is strange. I don't really remember watching the premiere itself. But I do remember the feeling of watching the premiere and saying, this is awesome. And there are no other shows I like right now that are like this show. Um, it was kind of doing its own thing – with like the the themes and even just like the lack of dialogue, because you know those shows like SpongeBob, it's all it's a million jokes oh, yeah, a minute, yelling all the time. It's very hyperactive. Yeah, and and that's the appeal. Um, but this show was, yeah, it's just unlike anything else that was going on at the time, at least for me. Um, and I loved that opening movie, 
And then I don't recall ever watching a single episode. Um, I don't know why. I think it was that Samurai Jack sort of played in like primetime on mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. Um, and around this time, if I was watching primetime cartoons, it probably morphed into The Simpsons. And then from that point on, it was all Simpsons all the time for me. And then I got a GameCube and then, you know, you could forget about cartoons in general. TV's over. Um. (laughs) But yeah, I just don't have like those memories of literally any other episode of the show other than the first one, which I did legitimately love at the time. You did watch them all. So over the years, uh, I actually, many years later, probably about eight years ago or so now, um, I was over at a friend's house and he had found the opening movie that they published on DVD, which is all three episodes again. We did watch it. And I remember thinking, holy shit, like this was legitimately cool. Like my memory was correct. (laughs) Um, And I didn't really have an avenue to then watch the rest of the series. So I kind of, you know, filed that away again, you know, yep, this show was really great, but like that's, that's, I'm just going to have to leave it at that. Then a few years after that, I subscribed to Hulu for the first time, and Hulu had every episode of the original four seasons streaming, and that became the very first thing that I watched on Hulu. I binged every single episode of it. Yeah, absolutely fell in love with it. Although I know you have also watched every episode of the show. I think that I've probably seen every episode, but uh, I mostly only watched it when it was airing or like reruns around that time. Um, I can remember sitting down and watching specific episodes. Like there are certain characters and events that I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember where I was. Like I was on my little baby chair, like watching it. Like I had a tiny little, uh, children's size armchair that I'd put in front of the TV. So I, I do remember watching it at the time. Uh, when it comes to like the intro movie, I watched that the night it premiered. And then that whole weekend they kept playing it every like, few hours they'd play it again so i remember being over at my friend's house the next day and we watched it again we talked about like how cool it was and how it would probably hurt to have so much oil in your wounds but we'll get to that in a couple weeks (laughs) um but i i'm i want to say that i probably have seen them all but for me it's been a really long time uh so i don't know uh there may be a few episodes that i see and i go i don't think i've ever seen this before which i think is exciting yeah (laughs) I'm excited for our two perspectives because at this point, you know, it has been maybe four or five years since I've watched the entire series, but at least that's, you know, much more recent than almost you having watched watched it at the time. Um, So, yeah, definitely excited to get into this with you and just, yeah, kind of remember what it was all about because in in my memory, you know, my more recent memory, this is, you know, definitely one of my favorite uh, animated American Mm -hmm. TV shows. Um, It was always... Super badass, this show. Oh, yeah. And continues to be, you know, you know another one of the Gendy Tartakovsky shows. Have you watched any of that Adult Swim's Primal? No, I haven't yet. Um, I remember when I saw the trailer for it, though, being very excited. More Samurai Jack is kind of what I thought. <laughs> uh, but I haven't got around to watching it yet, no. You're not totally wrong about that. Um, the, I, I think I only watched one or two episodes, but it does have a very similar kind of low amount of dialogue, high amount of action, mm-hmm. but it was on Adult Swim. So, you know, they could really kind of go yeah. for it with some of the action. Um, a little bit more blood than they had in the original, which is actually still more than I would have thought they would have had. There, That's another part of, you know, this being unlike those other shows is, you know, they, we'll talk about this a little more, but they couch a lot of 
you know, sort of actually pretty violent scenes and like, oh, it's all robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that worked on my mother. Don't worry too. about Anytime, it. Anytime like, there's a video game, it was like, are you killing people? It's like, they're robots. <laughs> oh, okay. No, don't worry okay, about okay. It. that's fine then. <laughs> it's fine. They deserve to die. Robots are, are an <laughs> <Yeah>. abomination. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm super oh, ready yeah, let's, to let's start get into this. it. All right. So let's recap here. Episode one, titled The Beginning. Again, this was part of the three-parter, but we decided we're going to split these out into separate episodes, um, you know, just to give everybody a chance to, you know, sort of go piece by piece with us here. Um, So we're starting with episode one, titled The Beginning, originally aired August 10th, 2001. So we start out here with a solar eclipse. We see the sun shining down on top of this black tree on top of a hill. That's got these nasty looking gnarled roots sort of running out from it. And then slowly we see the moon pan in front of the sun. And once the eclipse starts, there's a giant lightning storm. And we had a eclipse here in the United States a few years ago. Do you remember the lightning storm that followed yeah, the eclipse? Yeah, it was wild. Uh, everything got – like all the trees around here blew up. I was, yeah, I know all their all their roots started yeah, receding. Just pulled out of the ground and they got real tall. It was crazy. I wasn't sure we were going to make it for a while with all those evil <laughs> demons that were awoken, but clearly we turned out fine because we're here talking to each other now. So yeah, it, the the roots start to recede on this tree as the lightning storm sort of hits it, and it shoots straight up out of the ground, and we get these great shots of it flying up into the air. Yeah, uh, while it's. <clears throat> While the tree's growing, it does this really cool, uh, like comic book panel almost style thing where it, it splits yeah. the screen into three, and we see like three. It seems like the same thing we're looking at, but just like three separate shots of it. And I think that's something that the show does fairly often. Uh, and it's just a real cool look. Yeah, I love how they do that. So the tree shoots up, and the eclipse ends. We see the eclipse end. the The moon moves out from in front of the sun, and the lightning storm subsides, and where the tree had been, there is now a large black towering figure sort of looming over the hillside here. And we zoom in on this figure and we start to get this great eerie music, this sort of droning music playing. And it zooms up, slowly pans up this towering figure and gets to the top. And there's two little flames sticking out of the top of it. And then the figure starts to rotate to face the camera. And for the first time, we get to see the face of Aku. Once again, I am free to smite the world as I did in days long past. (laughs) He's so ominous. And so I just want to pause here. Let's shut down the podcast for two seconds because I have a couple points that yeah. I need to make. And this is the time. Number one, this is one of my favorite television show openings of all time. Um, just because Aku is so ominous, you know, we get to know more about him as the series go on, goes on, but him opening this line, this sort of the slow reveal of his face and then, yeah, the ominous way in which he delivers this line. Yeah, it almost like creaks as he turns around. You hear like a like a grinding kind of sound. Yeah. yeah it's very interesting. The sound is done well. The, the music, like I said, that droning <laughs> music really adds to it. But that's point number one. And point number two goes hand in hand here. I think we're going to talk about this a lot. But Mako, the voice actor of oh, yeah. Aku, is truly one of 
the greatest voice voice actors in American animation television. Oh yeah, history. it's iconic. I would I think I would recognize Aku speaking anywhere. Aku speaking and Mako voices two <laughs> he voices two like S tier uh animation characters in American television, you know, with Aku and Uncle Iroh from Avatar the Last yep, Airbender. That's right. Those are just two of my absolute all-time favorite characters that could not well, I mean, it's tough to imagine them being who they are without the talents of Mako behind them. Um he just brings so much to life in, you know, his his jokey tones, his very serious tones, and this is one of those very serious moments where he just absolutely delivers like a chilling line. Um so we got to give Mako his due here. And we will continue to do that. Obviously, you know, we've got Phil Lamar in this show to another all-time great. Oh, yeah. One of your personal I, favorites, I, I know. Phil Lamar. Uh, I think it's I think it's great that he's like one of the biggest voice actors in cartoons. Uh there was a good stretch of time. I, not so much anymore, uh, from what I've noticed, but there's a good stretch of time where almost every show you could you could catch him in. Um at least all the shows I was watching at the time. I know that you are Maybe the world's biggest Futurama fan. Oh, yeah, fan. yep. Uh, he's great in Futurama. I used to love Mad TV. I'm a big fan of the guy. What's interesting about this episode, too, is that there are literally only four people listed as uh, voice credits. Those two, and then Jennifer Hale has a voice in this. Um, interestingly enough, like another like legend of voiceover and animation, um, Jennifer Hale. And then the only other voice here is Sab Shimono, who I'm not super familiar with his work entirely, but I did recognize his voice from also Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, great voice actor, a great voice cast all around, but a very small voice cast, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, actually, when you when you brought it up, I started trying to think of like who actually even speaks in this episode. Uh, and there, are, I think, are only five characters that even speak. So not even as many voice actors as characters. So yeah, the very next voice we actually hear is um, that emperor of this Japanese land that we're in, he's telling the story about how Aku had previously sort of attacked. And we get these great shots of these like traditional Japanese paintings um, that are sort of matching the narration, telling the story of what had happened previously. Um, the emperor's telling about how Aku had attacked this land, you know, it was wreaking havoc. Um, and the emperor had heard a story, an ancient tale about these three monks who lived on top of a mountain, and he went to them, and they agreed to form him, forge a magical sword for him. And with this magical sword, he was able to slay Aku, and he says that he implanted him into the earth, which we learn is that gnarled tree that we saw at the beginning was Aku implanted into you know this right, sort of yeah. desolate wasteland. And we see that the emperor is telling this story to uh, a young boy that we learn is, you know, a young Jack. Um, he's telling him this story sort of as uh, not necessarily a cautionary tale, but a tale of how things came to be. And the village that they're in has rebuilt and is prospering. And he ends the story, sort of walks away. And young Jack starts, uh, he gets like a coy yeah, smile on his face. little grin, yeah. <laughs> He takes out a little wooden sword and he's doing like his his sword tricks yep. with it. He's uh, I I put that he's practicing his stabbing because he seems to mostly do swings and jabs. He does a lot of stabs, <laughs> a lot of jabs. 
uh, you know, the time will come when he'll need those sweet moves to be perfected. <laughs> so we see him doing that. And as he's kind of, you know, playing by himself, he sees or we see that the sun starts to get blotted out and Aku, this, or we see it's just a big black figure moving in on this village and the sun is gone. There's a red sky and all of a sudden there's a bell that rings three times and the emperor who has left the room, he just kind of goes, oh, shit. Yeah, yep. I was, I was just talking about this <laughs> What guy. are the chances? <laughs> and yeah, Aku has come back and he starts terrorizing the village. Um, there are archers that are shooting arrows into him, like rapid yeah, fire. Yeah, I, uh, I think the the way that they drew the arrows uh, was striking. They so Aku is just solid black, and the arrows are solid black. But whenever the arrows pass over Aku, they turn like a bright red, which I thought was was very interesting. Every scene seems to have like a limited color palette of maybe like four colors, and they they do a lot of interesting things with. Uh, with the art style. Yeah, they really make it work. They place some limitations on it that really sort of give it that that a certain feel. Um, and yeah. I love it. So they start, yeah, they're, they're firing arrows. There's like spear hurlers that are thrown at him. There's big catapults shooting fireballs yep. at him. Aku just lifts his arms up and absorbs all these shots and then fires them back at them through his hands. What is... What does this remind me of? Is there another show or something where this exact thing happens? You know what I might be thinking of? I might be thinking of Titanfall 2. <laughs> oh. There's like a nice move oh, that you oh, can the, do. The, the, wow, mag, the magnetic shield thing where you catch all the bullets and throw yeah. them. There's like, a, there's like a nice like return to sender move that <laughs> yeah. you can do. Maybe that's- I think, I think there probably is another cartoon where there's a character that just absorbs things and like spits them back out too. I'm sure that's a, like some sort of jelly beast or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh aku is you know jelly like he's able to yeah sort of squish and control it almost seems like he might be made of smoke uh as well you see a lot of like flowing smoke mm. coming from the bottom of his robes yeah that's interesting um yeah we get a good sort of view of some of his powers here he does that move he starts blasting buildings with his laser yeah, they, eyes and they, they have a charge up sound like a flash bulb before they go off you just hear like a really high-pitched rising tone and then <laughs> they just blast away <laughs> <laughs> at least he gives them fair yeah, warning telegraphed know, hey. he's a good uh he's a good boss character right um so he starts doing that the the emperor you know rushes out and he's he says, oh, I got to get the sword. The sword is what's going to defeat him here. And Aku says, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Not this time, samurai. <laughs> Grabs the emperor, pulls him away. The emperor gives out a good scream. Yeah, too. I, I like was going to say that. It's, it sounded like he killed him until, until a second later when you see that he's still very much alive. Right. He's very much alive. And he, as he's getting pulled away by Aku, he says, uh, mother, Aku has returned do as we have planned, our future depends on it. And Jack's mother is also there, and she instantly – she knows what to do. They oh, yeah. They have planned this out. She grabs Jack, runs to the little altar where the sword is being kept, grabs the sword, and they run out of the tower and out of the city. And then we get this great shot of Aku holding the emperor triumphantly above his head and just maniacally laughing as the city burns – yeah, he's towering over the city. Uh, and I noticed during this scene, and it could just be um, 
an artifact of like the the compression at the time. But if you watch Aku's eyes, uh, normally they're ringed in fire, but whenever he closes them, they you can see like they have black lids. And in this scene, where he's just like kind of laughing behind the city, his eyes. The rings around his eyes flash between red and black, and uh, it, it kind of looked like a big neon sign to me. <laughs> like, like, come visit Aku Land. <laughs> That's not too far off from where we're going to get with oh, this yeah. show. Aku is nothing if not a great marketer for himself. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a savvy businessman for sure. And you got to respect him for oh, it. Oh yeah. So yeah, we, we see him you know, towering over, and, and Jack and his mother are sort of paddling away on this little rowboat. They look very sad. Um naturally you know this is horrifying they're paddling away on this rowboat and they're met sort of in the middle of the water by a large ship um a large sailboat that is bearing flags that have the same sort of crest on them the same marking that we've seen a couple times um his father was wearing a robe with this crest it's like a square that's got uh lines cut out through it on each face of the square we see it on the sails of this ship um so it seems like it's either like like a family crest for them or like some sort of organization that they're allied with. Um, but it's on the sails of the ship and Jack's mother hands Jack off to these Japanese sailors that are on the ship. And they slowly start to sort of pull away the ship and her little rowboat. Um, and she's at this point, she is still carrying the sword. Yeah, I was actually uh, a bit confused about that when I saw that. I was like, oh, she kept it. <laughs> He needs that. <laughs> seems it seems seems like that was kind of the whole point of this yeah. series. You know, we we need that. I was actually went, while she was pulling away, I was waiting for her to like throw it at the boat. Like she forgot. Oh no! <laughs> oh shit! This was oh that was supposed. To, I forgot uh, the plan. I was supposed to give that to Jack. Damn it! Oh man, I better really huck this thing so it doesn't land in the water. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the mystical sword to that the, like the only weapon that has the power to slay Aku, and she just hucks it into the ocean. <laughs> At, end yeah. of show. It's Aku wins. So the two ships start to pull away from each other. Um, his mother sort of disappears into the mist, and Jack looks very sad. And the Japanese sailor puts a hand on his shoulder and sort of walks away. And then this is the start of, you know, a big portion of this show. Um, it's montage oh, yeah. time, baby. We get the, the Rocky training montage coming up. Are you ready to press play on this montage oh, button? I'm so ready. All right. Let's get into the shit. Before we do, I do just want to say that the score that plays during this sequence, um, the composer is James L. Venable. Um he does a really great job sort of mixing the different styles of, uh, you know, where we go in this montage, um, sort of keeping a consistent musical theme going mm-hmm. under them. Um, so, yeah, here we go. The very first scene in the montage here, Jack is still on the boat with these Japanese sailors, and they are sort of teaching him how to, like, read the stars, sort of teaching him about astrology and constellations and stuff like that. Um yeah, so we see them doing that, and then they sail to a sort of Arabian kingdom, this large city um, with these large towers. And there's a guy there that basically is just the Sultan from Aladdin, yeah, yeah, yes. um, who welcomes him. In. He welcomes him in, and they uh, have a big song and dance number number where a elephant crashes through the oh, gates. Oh yeah, of the they city. throw colorful colorful powder everywhere. It's it's awesome. <laughs> There's a guy who keeps, well, there's another shapeshifter who keeps transforming into like people and goats and stuff. Um, (laughs) No, so he shows up here um, and the Sultan 
he teaches him how to train horses and ride yep. horses. Uh, when we see the horse, it's got this big grin on, and then it lowers its head to look at Jack, and it kind of mean mugs him. Because <laughs> Jack's holding an apple, and the horse really wants it, so it gives him this like real dirty look, which I just thought was very funny. But then they're best friends oh, after yeah, he yeah. eats the apple. Uh, yeah, we see Jack um, sort of learning to ride the horse, and then he's getting you know more advanced and standing up on the horse and stuff. So that's pretty fun. So then him and the Sultan sort of ride horses away from the city out into the desert. Um, they ride horses all the way across the desert into this little African village um, where we meet a sort of tall, slender, but muscular, like the chief of this village. He's got a very serious look on his face. This guy is pretty badass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, he's, he's one of the better characters in the the montage both in like his design like his unique like he looks like he could like mess you up yeah we don't spend a lot of time with him but the time we do spend is is yeah treasured oh, yeah. um so yeah we we they do like a little training exercise with uh staffs like they're learning how to fight with staffs um jack keeps getting knocked down but then he gets one good lick on the the chief and they sort of bow yep. to each other so that's cool they run. Yeah, I love they that. Run. They, they forget the horses. They go on foot through the <laughs> desert. I'm not sure if this is the best plan because we, yeah, we do know that there were previously horses yep. here. If you think you can make it, you know, all power to you. I'm not convinced it's going to work <laughs> out. But they run across the desert, and this is where things get weird for me. They run across the desert to. What seems like ancient Egypt, yep. um, which is the show is very focused on time travel. You know, sort of the whole point here is Jack. I mean, this is no spoiler. You know, Jack is trying to find a way back to his own time. Um, but time travel is not something easy to come by in this world. I guess unless you are like a young Jack, I think he must have <laughs> forgotten this this power over time. But he ends up here running from, you know, the village all the way into ancient Egypt where a, there's a scholar teaching him how to read and write yeah, hieroglyphics. Yeah. Uh, the pyramids are built at this point. Yeah, the pyramids are there. They, I'm not sure how important this certain skill is <laughs> yeah, to Jack's training too. here. I was like, yeah, he's learning to, to read and write a very specific language. <laughs> but in a language that is yeah, not... Not used so much anymore. <laughs> Very uncommon. Probably even pretty uncommon at the time. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so they, yeah. So, and and we cut immediately from this to now he's in like ancient yep. Greece, which is another thousands of years jump from ancient The, the transition though was very cool. We're looking at pillars with hieroglyphics on them. The camera zooms up and they turn into to Greek columns and it's very nice. It's nicely done. Like I don't have a problem with... <laughs> You know, the transition's not the problem, right? And and even in ancient Greece, you know, we see him learning how to wrestle. Um, he's a little bit older now, a little bit taller. Um, he suplexes this big burly guy. It's just the we're taking a lot of leaps of logic a lot here, of liberties. um, which and we're even going to get into another one because now the very next scene is that he meets Robin. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because like up to now it was just like kind of nondescript like representations of the different cultures but now we just got straight up Robin Hood. This is someone who you know. (laughs) Um, It's, and not only is it, yeah, another leap 
far forward in time, you know, whatever time you want to consider Robin Hood to be. But uh, this is now we're dealing with actual mythological characters. Um, So you kind of just have to suspend your disbelief on here. I did write in my notes, um, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, At the time, honestly, on my first watch through, I didn't think anything about all the time jumps. I was like, no, this seems fine. Like, all these things were probably the more at you the think same about time. It. I don't know. <laughs> I've played Assassin's Creed games before. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, you know, sometimes you kind of just got to let it let it happen and say, yep, this is all this all happened. The history books will bear yeah. this out. Well, you know, maybe it's a different, maybe it's not really Earth. It's just kind of like a parallel Earth where all of the uh, <laughs> historical events all happened at once. So, yeah, <laughs> Jack's with Robin Hood now. So, naturally, <laughs> he's going to teach him archery. Uh Jack shoots a coin purse off of a Yeah, he robbed that guy. That's I when I saw that I was like, Jack just assaulted and robbed a nobleman. Like Which is not a very honorable thing to do, but you know, if you think about Robin Hood, who's gonna get that money? The people I guess who really that's true. need it. Yeah, he shoots a coin purse off the guy. The guy's got like a really well defined <laughs> ass. Like we zoom in on his ass. It's like he's got really like large cheeks. <laughs> and he's uh riding on an ass as well. It's asses yeah. all the way down, which is this, the Samurai Jack theme that we'll learn to <laughs> love over time. So <laughs> we dig another jump here. It seems like they're just, you know, obviously this is what they're going for, but they're just like, what are all of the historical <laughs> groups of warriors I and explorers and things? I was a little disappointed that they got rid of the cool transitions at this point. It kind of just hard cuts now between like from Robin Hood to the next one, whereas before we had them riding across the desert and then running across the desert. He's got a lear- lot of learning to do, and, you know, we got we to gotta get right to it. this much time in the montage to travel. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> he's on a Viking ship with all these big, burly-looking, like, nasty-looking yep. Vikings with gnarled horns and, like, messy hair and missing teeth. Um, you know, yeah. Viking stuff. Typical. I've played, a, I've played Assassin's Creed before. <laughs> Did oh, you know that? I, I, I don't. I think I might have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's on this Viking ship, learning how to sail. Uh, I guess. Well, um, they're not really sailing because we we get a zoom out and they're kind of just staying in place <laughs> right next to these jagged rocks, just trying not to crash <laughs> yeah, against the. They're rocks. doing a very good job of keeping a boat in one spot, which I imagine is very difficult. So he's learning that. That's probably a pretty good exercise. You know, if you're gonna learn the ways of the world. You know, you never know what situations you might be in. I would say it's definitely more useful than learning <laughs> to read hieroglyphics. Yeah. Although you never know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we cut from the Vikings. Now he's in Russia, yeah. I guess. Um, there's like these big onion dome towers behind him. Um, a man with a big mustache is teaching him how to he's throw dressed an up axe. like Gaston. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if axe throwing is a traditionally Russian thing, but mm-hmm. here we are. They're throwing them into like these Russian nesting yeah. dolls. Yep, yeah. they, they each keep splitting a layer off of it with every throw. It's very stereotypical stuff going on here. You know, maybe a good time to mention. You know, there are a lot of cultural and you know sort of different races uh, <laughs> depicted here. Um, I don't think any of them are done particularly dishonorably, but you know, there's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple like stereotypical things going on. Yeah, we're we're making a lot of generalizations, but everyone's treated, you know, relatively yeah, and, fairly. And in fairness of the show, they're trying to get across where he is with no dialogue and in a rather 
quick amount of time. I think we don't stay with any one scene for more than probably like a few seconds. Like it doesn't, not, none of them last right. very long at all. No. So the very next scene, he's uh, sort of spear hunting on horseback um, with these Huns and Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. It looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's with like Attila and his his crew. Which again, right? I don't know that that an honorable samurai would be hanging out with like Attila the Hun, but also my. Uh, <laughs> my understanding might be painted by like Disney movies. Like that guy seems like a bad guy. You gotta look. There are only so many teachers of horseback spear throwing in this world. <laughs> so if you're gonna learn, you might as well learn yeah, the, from the, the best. horse lord. So this seems like you know another semi useful skill. We'll see if it yeah. ever comes up again. Um, and then the very next scene is actually the last one of the montage. He's learning like martial arts. With these sort of looking like Tibetan looking monks or Chinese monks. We get another pretty cool transition here where a spear is thrown and then it cuts and Jack is deflecting it. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. He's doing, yeah, they're, they're doing like exercises like that. The monks are doing like these very intense like training regiments. Like one guy's just punching a big bowl yeah. of sand. I, I actually, it, to me, it looked like coals even. Like he's punching hot coals yeah. or something like that. I like the guy who's hanging upside down by his legs and moving water from one bucket below him to a bucket above him, one tiny bowl at a time. I think like, that mm. that guy's the <laughs> the most badass out of all these guys. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with mm-hmm. the water boy. Another classic Adam Sandler yeah, character. Bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're doing these sort of classic martial arts training. They're like fighting with swords like mm-hmm. long spears and martial weapons um and that's the last scene of the montage um maybe this is as good a time as ever to bring up the samurai jack flash game that used to be on cartoonnetwork.com i'm not sure if you're familiar um, with this refresh my memory maybe so there are actually several samurai jack flash games but this particular one ran you through some of the different scenes of the montage here um they there's like there's one where you're with Robin Hood and you have to shoot arrows at targets, like moving targets. And um, the one that really stands out in my memory is you're with these monks and you're holding a sword and they're chucking melons at you. And you have to move your mouse around to click on the melons to slice oh, okay. them. But they also throw they also throw rocks sometimes. And you don't want to slice the yeah, rocks. Yeah, damage your sword. That's no good. You just go. You got to take that one. <laughs> Let that one hit you. <laughs> Uh, I do not remember um, that game. Okay. But now I want to see if I can find it after this. Maybe I'll I'll look through some archives. R.I.P. Flash. Yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, that's the last scene of the montage. Um, uh, after this, we see Jack's all bundled up um, and walking through like the snowy landscape. His his coat looks very comfortable. Giant, I could live in there. Giant fur coat. Yeah, it, it's like it makes him look like three times bigger. Looks awesome. He's very fashionable in this scene. Yeah, he's climbing this mountain towards there's like a cave at the top. There's you can see like a little cave opening at the top where he climbs up and enters what looks like a sort of like Buddhist temple with these large towering statues and all of these people sitting in the temple. And as soon as he walks in the door, they get ready to fight him. Um, mm-hmm. But he reaches in his large, comfy-looking parka, pulls out like a little scroll um, that's got that symbol written on it, the crest that we had seen earlier. 
and it kind of unfurls in his hand. I think it's super cool. It like opens up in his hand. It's yeah, absolutely the way it rolls. Floats out of it and everyone goes, oh, oh, okay. This is fine. Yep. It flutters out of his hand and lands in the hands of this old woman who sees it and then looks up and sees the figure who's still bundled up as Jack. We can't see that it's Jack. We know that it's Jack, but she doesn't. <laughs> um, they walk towards each other and Jack sort of removes his hood and his face covering and she pulls down her hood and we see that it's his mother and they look at each other. They're, they're sort of startled to see each other. And then they like slowly, they just sort of slowly embrace in a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very tender moment. It's very tender. Like she starts crying. I start crying. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> everyone starts, everyone's crying. There's tears everywhere. It's, the waterworks are on. Um, we have to pause the episode for like at least 20 minutes. <laughs> it is a really sweet moment. Cause you think about it. Like she, Lost her husband. This has been, you know, seemingly, I don't know, 20-ish years since the event. Yeah, I would say probably about 20 years. She lost her husband, who's presumably dead or worse. She hasn't seen her son. She had to say goodbye to her son all these years ago. And they're finally reuniting here. Um, It's pretty tragic, but um, it is a really sweet moment. Mm -hmm. So they, yeah, they hug. um, And she sort of walks away and walks up to one of these statues and bows down before it and then the statue starts to open and it it's revealed that inside is uh the 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 magic sword um that she had taken yep. with her and also a gi there's a gi in there you know he's got to have a fresh gi <laughs> which is actually something that I was thinking of during the montage is that he always seems to be wearing it but he didn't bring any extra with him so I'm not sure where he keeps getting these larger ones as he grows out of his childhood one you're going to just have to not worry about it <laughs> yeah, but so so we get a we get a brief thing here where we see like all right he's got a fresh one now <laughs> don't even worry about it he's clean he's got a good fit he's uh yeah <laughs> Jack's ready to go oh yeah um so yeah she takes out the sword he immediately like bows in reverence before it so does she and then Jack gets like this intense look he get we get like a close up on his eyes he furrows his yep. brow. Something they do a lot in this show. Right. It's one of my favorite. Like, the mo- it's one of the most iconic things I think about it. Yeah. We The next shot, we have Jack. Um, he's wearing the gi and he's doing the same sort of like sword moves that, you know, the stabbing. Oh, yeah. He's doing the same sort of stabbing that he had been doing as a child at the beginning of the episode. But now, you know, this is a man. This is This is Samurai Jack as we know him. Oh yeah, he's disciplined now. He's you can see that he has improved. He's more in control of the weapon right. now. Um so yeah, he And instead of just the two sorry, instead of just the two moves, now he's got three. <laughs> <laughs> so Aku stands no chance. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> days are numbered. <laughs> yeah, so we fade to commercial after this, and when we fade back in, um we're looking at this desolate sort of landscape that are covered with these large wooden effigies of Aku's face and uh, sort of cut out of the landscape are all of these giant like pit mines um, where we go inside and we see um, a bunch of people that look like they've been enslaved that are working underground, sort of raising structures, like more wooden structures and mm-hmm. sort of picking away at like these minerals that are in this mine Um they're being controlled by these like demon-looking guys with whips. Yeah, they look like like devils almost. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. They, yeah, all these people are working away. Um, we we cut over to a sort of large 
mill post that's got Aku's face at the top of it. Yeah. We're slowly spinning around and um, we pan down to the bottom of it and we see a withered old man sort of pushing this thing by himself. And uh, one of the demons cracks his whip at him and gives him a break, which at least he gets a break. Yeah, they must be unionized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got good legal representation. So <laughs> the slave union boss would be really pissed if they found out that they were giving him a break. <laughs> well, he gets a break, but he doesn't get water, um, right? Because uh, a little kid tries to give him like a cup of water, and the demon whips it out of the little kid's hand. She actually walks up to the guy or to the withered old man and says, uh, "Here's some water for you, my emperor." Mm-hmm. So we realize this is Jack's father. This is the same emperor we had seen, you know, from the past. But now he's weak. He's feeble. He's like smaller than he used to be. Oh yeah, he has a great big bushy beard. Great big bushy beard. Um, he looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's been through a lot. Clearly, as have all of these, you know, people working in the mines here. But yeah. The, the demon whips the water out of her hand. It spills on the ground, and he tries to cup it in his own hands and drink it. And the demon's going to whip him again to stop him from doing that. But as the whip cracks, we see a hand snatch it out of midair. It's like, oh, yeah. Here we Here it goes. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. Yeah, we see the hand grab the whip, and uh, the father splashes the water on his face, and there's tears in his eyes. And he just says, he has returned. <laughs> and then all of the, the demons sort of... They start trying to fight off um, Jack here, but we get some great close-ups of the sword, like yep. blocking all these blows coming in from them. I like that the demons kind of like have a uh, a squad shot before the fight starts. <laughs> yeah. They all jump into frame and do a pose, like the Ginyu Force. On I was going to say they should have Ginyu Forced <laughs> it just to give this moment a little more weight. That would have been great, yeah, if they had the song too. <laughs> yeah, so they're you know they're no match for Jack. He's he slices them all up with a sword. They just sort of fall on the ground and evaporate. And uh, Jack frees his father, breaks his chains. And uh, again, the father's got tears in his eyes and he kind of looks up at his son, um, who he hasn't seen. You know, it's it's kind of another nice moment. Like he hasn't seen him in all these years. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like he he never doubted that he would show up, right. though. Okay, given the way he says he has returned and it's not like he knew. He always knew. He trusted. This was family. the plan, just mm-hmm. in case. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe they should have started a little <laughs> earlier, but you know. Yeah, so his father starts explaining to him sort of how Aku enslaved the people of their land to – he says he did it to help him gain – to help Aku gain strength to eventually take over the world. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, mining, building all these effigies and Jack sort of very – he's very brash in this moment. He says, don't worry about it. Um, I'm here now and I've got this sword and this sword – is going to save us all. I'm going to kill everyone with this sword. Mm-hmm. Not kill everyone. Just the just the one. Just the one guy. <laughs> so that's like, he just, then he goes on a rampage. <laughs> Can't have monuments if you got no slaves. A <laughs> uh, very honorable warrior, though. Yeah. So he's pretty brash in this moment. Um, pretty confident in himself, but he's putting a lot of faith in the sword. And his father just says no and slaps the sword out of his hand into the ground, which seems very dangerous. That thing. It's very sharp. No. I thought once like you, but the sword is only a tool. What power has it compared to the hand that wields it? Evil is clever, and deception is its most powerful weapon. Let the sword guide you to your fate, but let your mind set free the path to your destiny. 
so basically his dad is saying to him here, um, swords don't kill people, people kill people. Right, yeah. Uh, an important lesson that we should all learn about swords. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack Jack seems to have learned the lesson, and um, this is a pretty cool scene. I like that whole monologue there, but as a child, like my child brain probably would not have been able to like capture the weight of that moment. It was he's, a little too verbose. I would have been like, oh, cool, like he's got the sword and his dad's okay. Yeah, get get to the sword fighting now. <laughs> he rides away on a horse, and his dad kind of seems – the emperor, you know, he seems a little – he's wary because he knows that Aku's got tricks. Mm-hmm. Aku has many tricks. And we're about to see some great Aku tricks here in just one moment. Oh, yeah. So Jack rides. He comes to this tower that's surrounded by like an ominous fog and all these stone pillars in front of it. Through the fog, we see like these creepy looking ghost demons. Yeah, one of them looks like a cat almost. Yeah. They're like swooping after him. And the the entrance into this tower, we see an entrance all the way up. And he's got to leap over these stone pillars. So he jumps through the fog. These things sweep at him, but they don't really seem to do anything. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even sure if they could do anything. <laughs> or if they're more of like a, a deterrent, like a like a security camera sticker on your front door when you don't really have a security camera type thing. Beware of dog. Beware yeah. <laughs> beware of mist monsters. Yeah, it, it seems like that kind of thing. Although like th- a dog may be even more effective than they were. Probably. So he jumps all the way up. He's in the entrance uh, of this tower. He walks in and he just yells, Aku! <laughs> I love that. I love it too. He, he yells for so long and then he just stands there posing triumphantly for like for almost as long as he yelled, if not like a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, it's so good. He's got to wait. And, you know, we, we can look around here while he's waiting. Um, there's like a big, it's like a big chamber with like these, like fr- they look like frozen pillars of red flames sticking out of the yeah. walls. It's super cool. Aku's house. He's got a chill pad. Yeah, he's he's got an aesthetic for sure. <laughs> um, he, the man knows what he likes. <laughs> Fire. Yeah, and lots of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's waiting there, and then after a beat, um, Aku shoots out from below. You know, another sort of large black tower just shooting out from the ground, and. He sort of slowly starts to lower himself down to be face to face with Jack, and Aku is just huge. He's gigantic. Oh yeah, he's massive in this scene. Um, yeah, we get like a nice shot of Jack, like standing just in front of Aku's face, which fills up the entire screen. Aku's the best. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, he lowers down to meet him and introduces himself as the master of masters, the deliverer of darkness, and then my personal favorite. The Shogun of Sorrow. Yep, I love that. <laughs> Aku doesn't need us to pr- provide the nicknames for him. He's already got them figured out. Oh yeah, he's got a whole list of titles and honorifics that he likes to go by. Which is really annoying when you have to introduce him to somebody, because you've got to list them all out. <laughs> or else he gets really mad. His business card is a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's actually three pages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, business book. Um, so yeah, Jack says that he's there to fight Aku, which of course is hilarious to Aku. He calls him a fool, mm-hmm. which he'll do. <laughs> yeah, like any good, like any good, uh, like anime villain, anybody who dares to oppose them is a fool. So yeah, Jack says he's there to fight him. Um, Aku sort of laughs it off, says, "You can't hurt me." You know, nobody can. Um, so Jack jumps out with the sword in hand and slices at him with the sword and takes a little chunk out. And Aku screams and he goes, "Ah!" Yep, and he's got like he's he looks almost torn. 
Right. Like he's got like a wedge and it's it's got like little torn bits flapping around. Yeah. He he says that he recognizes the sword like, oh, I remember this. And he says, <laughs> I love this. He says, I recognize your blood, which nobody's ever said to me before. <laughs> yeah. but what a honor that would be for my father. <laughs> um, yeah, he tells him, you know, oh, OK, I know what this is all about. But, you know, no matter, I'm still going to defeat you. Your dad couldn't defeat me. You won't be able to either. And then the fight is on. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fight is on here. We get some more great Aku powers on display. He starts shapeshifting and he – the very first figure he turns into here is like a weird kind of gorilla. Yeah. With like sharp claws. Right. He's like a bipedal kind of gorilla. Like uh, I had something else written down here. I've said gorilla several times. He's like a – He's like a bipedal kind of gorilla-looking monster, and he's punching at him. Yeah, he's swiping at him with claws. Uh, he gets he, – yeah, he gets in – he does manage to get in, like, one slice on Jack, like, cuts out a little part of his back. Yeah, he gets three three big gashes across his back. Uh, it looks very painful. We get some blood here, which for the time uh, – like, Powerpuff Girls had a little bit of blood here and there when they got punched in the mouth. But this was, like, kind of more uh, than than any of that. And rewatching it recently, I was like, oh, yeah, this show was uh, pretty hardcore <laughs> for a children's show. Yeah, unlike other things, you know, we'll say it again and again, but you know, unlike other things at the time, you know, now it's animation. There are so many shows that do this. And even, you know, at the time there was, like – anime and Japanese animation where it's stuff like this. This was very tame in comparison to stuff like that. But American animated television, you didn't get a lot of like kind of yeah more violent scenes like this. Yeah. So he takes a cut out of Jack and uh, Jack, you know, sort of strikes back with a sword and Aku starts shapeshifting again. Yeah. <laughs> he, he falls into the pit and then starts coming back out. And he turned himself into a scorpion. Yep. And he's just got this big dopey face on the scorpion. It, it kind of like, it looks like it doesn't fit on it. It's like hanging off the very front. Um, I actually almost paused it. And I might still go back later uh, today and I might take a screenshot of that and start using it as profile <laughs> pictures in places. <laughs> just because I think it's such a hilarious uh, little frame. And I think uh, this this whole scene has like really good like transitional frames like when he's transforming where there's a lot of really good faces on Aku. Right. The scorpion's very cute. I feel bad about fighting him. <laughs> he's got a yeah, big dopey grin on his face. I love it. He starts stinging at Jack with his scorpion stinger. Uh, Jack's like rolling around, dodging out of the way. And then Aku sort of bounces back down into the pit, into the darkness, and then out of the darkness, we see these tentacles sort of start to shoot up and grab at the sides of the wall, and he starts pulling himself up, and he's turned himself into like an octopus monster. Yeah, uh, this is actually the form that we saw on the um, the painting during the narration early on in the episode. This is what he looked like on that. Yes, good call. He's also very cute here, but kind of in like a grotesque kind of oh, way. I think he's horrifying. This is like the scariest transformation. It's scary, but also <laughs> dopey because he's got like this big wide open mouth. Yeah, yeah it's like round. <laughs> um, he just looks very silly. Yeah, so they're fighting each other. Um, Jack starts hacking off like all these octopus tentacles that sort of like evaporate. Um, kind of like those demons did earlier um, during that earlier fight. Mm -hmm. um, they... Aku sort of launches himself 
at Jack, who's up on higher elevation and in midair, sort of transfer transforms into like a ram, like a goat, um, which is cool. He starts like char- charging at him, and you can see it kind of looks like he's like galloping in midair, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we're like we're like riding on his back for yeah, this shot. Yeah, um, super cool. He he launches himself at Jack, and Jack basically does like uh, links down down air move from Super Smash Brothers with his sword. Yeah, the, the down stab <laughs> just. Cuts him right in half, clefts him in twain. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Aku's sort of splitting, he transforms himself into a, a bat. Yeah, which is a very uh, – actually a really cool uh, transition because we do see him like split right down the face and he kind of just takes that motion and turns it into another transformation, uh, which I thought was very interesting. He's nothing if not resourceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's quick on his feet. Or on his bat wings. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he transforms. He starts sort of swooping down at Jack, and and Jack says, like, a little prayer. He says, I cast thee back to the vile pit from which you came, and then launches his sword straight up into the air, um, which is, you know, otherwise known as Ike's Up Special from Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> uh, except he doesn't spin it, right? I think Ike spins it. This is Oh, yeah, a- that's that's fair. This is a straight line. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, much more difficult. <laughs> he hucks the sword straight up in the air um, and it pierces through Aku, uh, who sort of explodes into this big black sort of stringy explosion that gets absorbed straight into the blade of the sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here I kind of just expected him to just ram the sword into the ground uh, and replant the tree. Uh, but that's not what he does. Well, clearly that was not enough, you know, the first time to... It's true. Yep. Make sure, you know, that this was the end of it. Um, but what Jack does when he catches the sword is he, he slaps it against the ground, sort of, and Aku kind of slowly leaks out of the end of the sword and onto the ground, and he's looking very flat and small, and he kind of looks really sad. Yeah, he's defeated. He's got, like, a really big frown on his face. You almost feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, almost. 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 And we're here now. I don't think this is a stretch to say this is the most important moment of the entire series. Oh, yeah. We see Aku, he's on, you know, he's looking defeated on the ground, and Jack's about to strike the final blow. You might have beaten me now, but I will destroy you in the future. There is no future for you, Aku. I disagree. What trickery is this? Aku! A side beam sort of shoots out of Aku's mouth. Yeah, he does like a bat screech kind of thing. <laughs> right. He's got this terrible, yeah, this terrible noise. These these psychic rings sort of come out and envelop Jack, sort of surround him. And, you know, he he screams and then with a ping, yeah. he's he's gone in a flash of white light and, and Jack is gone. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty. It looks pretty intense. He like falls into the ground. At this point, we don't really know what what's going on there, other than he's being sent somewhere else. I will say there is no good uh, GIF of Aku sort of shooting the laser beam out of his mouth. So if anybody wants to make a good GIF of that specific animation, um, gotta recap at gmail dot com. Um, we are accepting all GIF proposals. Please. Oh yeah, I would love that. Oh, or any of the transformations would be great, too. <laughs> this scene is very gift-worthy, so whatever you got, send them our way, and we will uh, we'll f- we'll feature them on the social media. Yeah, we'll, 
we'll look at them on the podcast and we'll describe what we see. <laughs> That's a great gift. <laughs> oh man, look at that one. That one moves and everything. <laughs> look at the frames. <laughs> yeah, so Jack's gone in this this, this flash and uh you know, Aku says, you know, you will see me again, but next time you will not be so fortunate. And we see Jack kind of falling through like a black and white twilight zone. Yeah, yep. Uh, the uh, seizure-inducing tunnel starts to flash like crazy. His body's getting like all contorted. Yeah, the way he bends, it looks so painful. Yeah, it looks terrible. But that's the end of the episode. Watch out! Yeah, that's it. We're we're left not knowing what's going to happen to our to our man Jack. Will he be okay? Do you think he's going to be alive in the next episode? Or are we going to transition this to a could new be character? The end. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find out. We may need to watch a new TV show. This could be it. <laughs> there's six. There's six Blu-rays in the case, but five of them are blank. <laughs> there are bonus. There are bonus features for the first episode. And only episode. Every, everyone is just a different language. They put it on its own disc to make it seem like it was more. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Um, did you know that the theme song is performed by Will I Am? I did not. No, that's actually yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I only learned that recently, and uh, if you listen for it, you go, "Okay, I can see it." Yeah, yeah. Now, no, now that you've mentioned it, I'm thinking about it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do see it. <laughs> I did not know that though. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, that's the end of the episode. Um, just a great, like one of the great all-time opening episodes. It's kind of oh, hard yeah. to, it's kind of hard to separate it from the next two episodes that, you know, are part of this opening movie, but it gives us an idea of, you know, Jack's sort of, you know, how he kind of was raised to, you know, be this well-rounded yeah. warrior specifically, you know, for the plan of defeating Aku should the day come. Um Mm-hmm. So you know we get a, we get a good look into Jack's beginnings, into Aku's you know reign of terror that is going to you know serve as the main the main conflict of the show. Um, yeah, some of Aku's abilities as a shapeshifter. We get to see some pretty some pretty cool transformations there. I think it was a great place to leave off as a pilot. I think it it works really well. Uh, leaves you wanting more. It's been long enough now that I don't remember exactly what happens in the next episode i have a vague re- a memory sure. of it but i'm pumped to watch it i i might even watch it sooner than i watched this one i uh, like tonight <laughs> i'm very ready yeah to continue this this rewatch um just yeah super satisfying to we've been talking about this for as long as we have to finally get into it and you know the episode being as as good as you remember if not even better Oh yeah, the art style is much better than I remember. The the very striking use of colors, that comic book panel thing that they do, they do it pretty often. And they usually use it in a pretty cool way, like when the Buddha statue is opening. I think we get a close-up on its face, and we, it's like letterboxed, and then we see the hands slowly coming apart. Yeah. Uh, just real, real <laughs> fun to watch. Uh, even, it works It works perfectly without dialogue. They They tell the story visually. In, in just like some really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, future episodes, I think here we're going to have, you know, obviously more dialogue heavy storylines. Um, but it just, yeah, everything works great here from the score to the animation, just like you said. Um, yeah, just overall great introduction and super ready to oh, yeah. see what happens. I, I can't wait to see how it evolves as it goes. Um, I have not seen season five. 
So I'm, I'm excited okay. to finally get a conclusion to the show. Mm. When we get there, like a year from now. An interesting wrinkle. I will be very excited to see it. Hold your horses. <laughs> slow it down. Um, yeah. So, and that's going to do it for us too. Um, we will be back, you know, each and every week here talking about a new episode of the show. Um, you know, so come back to us in a week's time for episode two. Leave a review if you can. Uh, you can follow us on, uh, Almost any podcast, uh, software you've got or whatever you like to do. Um, so hit that up, leave a like, leave a uh, review. It really helps us out. Yeah, that's a huge help. Um, you know, share with your friends. Uh, you can follow us on all the major socials, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You'll find us at Gotta Recap on all of those. Reach out to us at gotarecap at gmail.com if you, you know, have any questions or comments about the show. You know, we might read you on a future episode of the show. Sort of still feeling all that out. Thanks again, everyone, so much for listening. Um, We will come back to you next week with a new episode of Gotta Recap. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.